This program is intended for mature audiences only. Altitude adjustment may contain language, images, or other content that some may find offensive. Your discretion is advised. Welcome to Altitude Adjustment. Good afternoon, I'm Leon Davis, uh, along with Warren Harper, uh, and you're listening to Altitude Adjustment, the twice-a-week podcast about people, politics, and professions. I'd like to welcome you. Today is Sat Friday, February the 25th uh, at 2.02 p.m. Central Time. Today's show is Power Partners. This was um, supposed to be last Friday's show. We were going to do it last Friday, but... Uh, I lost internet service, so streaming was not a question. But uh, so we've moved it to today, and we do welcome you. Um, one thing I have uh, had some some um, problems show up with the uh, streaming um, software, and so unfortunately, right now I don't have um, my chats available. So if you're typing in a question or something. I won't be able to hear it today, so I do apologize for that. But we will have that back um, definitely fixed for tomorrow. Anyway, so welcome, uh, Mr. Warren. Hope everything is going well. Going well. Glad to be here today. Very good. So we were talking uh, earlier. So I'm I'm going to start with... Uh, something that we were talking about earlier, which is actually not necessarily a part of the show, but, um, but I think it was interesting. Uh, if you look at the scroller, if you can, if you can, if you're looking at the video portion or the video edition of the podcast and you notice the scroller at the bottom and there was a news article, um, that, uh, was in the, uh, Riverfront times, which I found extremely interesting and it talked about uh, the Missouri um, Attorney General, or yeah, I think it was the Missouri Attorney General, Eric uh -huh. Schmidt, filing a lawsuit against China and a couple of other uh, Asian entities for their um, involvement in the COVID-19 pandemic. So the idea is to uh, sue China and the Chinese government to try to uh, get money from uh, China because of the pandemic. Now, <laughs> I think this is an article that not just is important to Missourians. So the article is coming up. All right. It's the title of the article is Eric Schmidt can't get his ducks in a row to sue China. Um, so the article has a, a lot. It is a, it is a worthwhile adventure to read that article because it talks about uh, Missouri politics and what Schmidt might be doing, the reasons, his reasons for doing it. 
and how much it's costing Missourians for this effort and what's the likely outcome. And I think um, I, the reason I'm not going to give a, a lot of detail is because I'd like for you to you know, take the opportunity. I don't want to uh, put too much of a slant on the story, but I, but <laughs> I do want to encourage people to read it. It's not a, a long article, and, and I think you will get a lot from it. So I did that. So that means we're not really going to talk about it. No, we're not going to talk about it. Oh man, I was ready to go. Oh, were you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, I'm the the show conspiracy theorist, so I was ready to go fire off on that one, but I'm gonna leave it alone. <laughs> well, you know what? Okay, so 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 can you can you give your conspiracy theory without okay. um, giving away too much information about the article? Okay, sure. So it's very short, simple very idea. Then, then go to just it. my just my opinion. Very good. Go to it. And if we were going to sue China over the virus, you really got to look back at the lab, right? That's one possibility. Yes, because it hasn't been it hasn't been definitively last I noticed or heard. It has not been definitively proven that the virus came from the lab. No, I know that. I know that that's a whole theory and um, big story in itself as Mm -hmm. far as proof. But if you look at the lab, you got to look at how much or whether or not we were involved. I knew you you were going to go there. I'm just going to leave it at that. I I know what you're saying. What what was our culpability in that whole situation? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. I'm not saying we... We did it. I'm not saying it came from the lab, but if you look at China, then I think you gotta have to look at the lab. Right, because because we we had scientists in that lab. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I personally don't believe that whole wet market crap because you know it just don't sound right to me. But okay, you know I'm not a scientist. <laughs> I, I understand. I, I just I don't. For for me, there are multiple possibilities. If you eliminate the wet market, then you pretty much narrow it down to just that it had to be the lab. And mm-hmm. I can't, I can't, I can't say that the, the, uh, okay. So, so there have been SARS viruses prior to COVID. Mm-hmm. That sure. to me says either if, if you eliminate the wet market, then that says all of them came from the lab. All of them would have to then come from the say lab. That. Why? Because you're I eliminating the wet that. market. You're eliminating the wet market. Mm-hmm. And so right now, the only two options that we have is the wet market and the lab. Right? Well, no, I mean, that virus has been around for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And have they actually proven where it where it really came from beyond? Right. And I'm, I'm, of- I'm agreeing with you there. I'm agreeing with mm-hmm. you. That's why I'm not eliminating the wet market. Right. You know, but, but okay. you were saying eliminating the wet market. And so I'm saying if you eliminate the wet market, then you have to, then that only leaves the lab as the potential problem. And then because they've had multiple SARS viruses um, mm-hmm. through the years, then what you're saying is, is that the lab released all of that. You know, if you, if you accept that, premise that the wet market is not 
a breeding ground for SARS, um, then 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 the lab has to take responsibility for all of it until we can find an alternative theory that um, relieves some of the pressure from the lab. That's yeah, yeah. I, let's just say it's complicated, but uh, the fact that they the way they got the heck out of that lab and everything at when the virus was released, it looked a little suspect to me. Understood. I'll leave it Fair that. enough. I just, I just, I'm not trying to say that. Um, so I'm not trying to say that, that, that your idea that the wet market is not the place. So the wet market may have been the breeding ground for the prior SARS viruses, but that doesn't necessarily mean it was absolutely the place that started the COVID virus, the COVID version of the virus. Yeah, I so, agree. I agree. So, but so so my examination was just, you know, if we start going down that road of arbitrarily eliminating options, then we have to mm -hmm. look at what we're leaving behind as a potential um, theory. Yeah. Fair? Yeah. I think there's, uh, yeah, there's a lot of possibilities out there, and that's a whole. Big conversation there. Good. Okay. You know, so virus so, was already out there, and it's we're de we're dealing with a mutation. We all know that. Well, you know, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all righty. So let's let's move on to uh, power partners, and yeah. so my idea behind the the um, titling the show "Power Partners" is that African Americans or that. In fact, most subgroups in American society lack power. They lack the ability to for self-determination. Mm -hmm. so, so the African-American community has to go to the white community to get things, to get a lot of things done. Yes. We don't, we don't own any distribution, um, we don't, we don't own any forms of distribution. We don't own any forms of mass production. We don't own any forms of um, uh, where we dominate the legislature that we can get laws passed. And, mm -hmm. and, and part of the discussion tomorrow is, is that we do have a lot of influence in the uh, entertainment sector, we have, in fact, that's where probably the majority of our our self determination influence is. Wouldn't you agree? Ah, uh, yeah, I agree that uh, we tend to have a dominance in certain areas of entertainment, and that that's still uh, typical with uh, our presence in other businesses. We have a limited amount of power that's concentrated in a few small areas, you know, like music. Mm -hmm. We have artists, mega artists that produce huge sales and, and acquire a lot of wealth, but beyond entertainment, what power do they have or, or how much of that wealth are they using to make a change for the, for the rest of the culture? Sure. And so 
And so by understanding being a partner in power, uh, my idea is, is that we need to understand what we need to put into place so that we are sharing the power and are not just a, a, um, an end, uh, you, you know, an end result of power being exerted. So like, um, one, one example, um, African-American uh, children like to play loud music and drive through the park. Uh, and then wear saggy pants. So municipalities pass laws that noise nuisance laws, noise nuisance laws, uh, where you can't have your music up loud and um, you can't wear your ba pants baggy and like that, you know, they, and they police fashion. Um, white children like skateboarding and, um, purple hair. Uh, and, and, and I know that's not all of them, but is this, right. this is just for the example. Um, so, so for white kids, they create skate parks where the kids can go and, and skate and then not be harassing um, or, or interfering with uh, commerce and everyday life. And uh -huh. so if you are, if we were partners in power, they wouldn't be able to outlaw African-American clothing so easily. And they would not, you know, and, and, and when they had uh, white skate parks, they would have black music parks where you could go play your music loud and just relax and, and do your thing and be a kid or an adult. I mean, not, not all of them that like loud music are children, but the assumption is at some point when you get older, you have your own place and you can play your music in your house the way you like. But, you know, but it, but if we're able to share, um, we're able to share power, then, then our options are increased uh, that we have some ability to control our, our happiness in our society. Well, yeah. One, one key thing that you said, you said black parks, I think. And I think that's a little problem area because it kind of makes you think about, well, is that separate, but equal when we have parks just for black people? as opposed to neighborhood parks where everybody can come and do whatever we, we want to do. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't remember saying black parks, but I'm saying have parks where kids can go and play music where black kids okay. feel comfortable. So the right. idea isn't separate, necessarily separate, but equal, but to share in power so that, uh, so that cultural expressions for blacks, is just as comfortable for as as it is for whites. So right now, whites are allowed to express their cultural differences much mm -hmm. easier than uh, Latina Americans or Asian Americans or Black Americans or Native Americans. So right. so the idea of sharing power is is that one culture isn't imposing its cultural norms 
on everyone else, that they, they have a shared sense of responsibility to ensure cultural gr- uh, adaptation or inclusion in mm-hmm. what, what, what is going on in society. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I think uh, it's a great idea, but I, I see some potential problems and I'm sure there's ways to work around them though. For okay. example, if you had a park mm-hmm. where loud music was allowed, people could come do their thing. Say you had groups of black people over here, mm-hmm. then right across the field or whatever in another area, say a bunch of Latinos came together okay. and they were close enough to where the music began to cross over. Mm-hmm. And one group might feel like, Hey, you guys are, are, are messing up our groove because your music's too loud or you're interfering with us. And I, you know, I'm just saying it could be a, a potential for conflict if, because loud music travels, that's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the problems is is people's space and, and wanting to have a quietness or, or not having to have your music blasting through into our area. So I think you have to figure out how do you avoid that that conflict there. But that that was a whole idea. So in a skate park, you can't go to a skate park and say, I, I don't like the kids skating. That's the whole purpose of the park. So a park yeah. where people can go play their music, you can't go there and claim their music is too loud because that's the whole purpose of the park. Right. right. So that I eliminates that. that problem of someone else being, um, I, I won't say it completely eliminates the problem because there's always going to be somebody that's going to go to the park complain about the noise and then try to challenge the idea that the park exists so that people can come and play their music loud. But if you set up the park so that the idea is that people can go to this park, play your music loud, sit outside your car and just chill. That's Uh the purpose of the park. And that's where the rules are relaxed for that park so that those, those things can be done and you can impose your no sound rule on people who come to the park for that specific reason, because that's the purpose of the park. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get the idea and the purpose. I, I just see a, a little potential for some issues and people tend to uh, feel somebody else's uh, crowding their space, invading their space, or their sound is, you know, conflicting with, their sound, you know, you end up with a gang, potential gang conflict there. You know, this gang over here is not feeling that gang over there being too close with their music and, you know, fights can easily break out. Well, that's, that, that can happen at a, at a skate park. I mean, it's just the, that's the nature of human beings, but that doesn't, so I don't want to focus on, on the little things that, that, people do it's it's sharing being able to share power so that your culture is represented so that you're a part of society oh i i get that i get that so i get that and so the the question then becomes you know what does that look like how do we how do we 
are included in the decisions that, that go into defining how society um, treats its citizens. You know, mm-hmm. so so right now, you know, we, we are not, so large companies, and I think we, we had this conversation uh, previously. It was about, um, uh, oh, it jumped out of my mind real quick. But anyway, so, so large companies are lobbying Congress so that they have the opportunity to influence the culture. So, so you can be banned from Twitter. You can be uh-huh. banned from um, uh, YouTube. And that banning can, so we have a free speech law. And so because there, we are carving out exceptions for large companies, a company can violate your free freedom of speech. Okay. Because they may define hate speech some as differently than the federal laws define hate speech. Okay. So if that's the case, um, companies or um, there are no black, there are, are very few black um, CEOs and CFOs uh, mm-hmm. to ensure that, uh, or, or, or gay or uh, Latinx or women, to ensure that, uh, that companies don't use their exceptional power to continue to marginalize other groups. And so, and so if we don't, if, if there's not enough representation, take the court system. So Biden has chosen um, um, a black woman to sit on the Supreme Court. Um, and and I'm, I'm going to repeat, uh, I don't, the, the chat window is, is down for today. So if you're making comments, I'm really uh, sorry. We will have that fixed for tomorrow's show and, and you'll be able to participate. So today we won't be able to see your comments if you're typing them. And it's it's my deepest apologies because the whole idea of the show is, is is for you to have input and every episode that we don't have input, we're not doing our job. Um, Yeah. I appreciate the input. Yeah, I do too. Um, So, so if, if, if we, if we, if we are allowing companies to bypass federal regulations and then the only, the majority of the companies, uh, the majority of the large companies that are impacting uh, everyday life and culture are run by white people, then we, then we, then we don't have shared power. We don't have, um, we don't mm-hmm. have shared um, input in society. We're still being dictated to. We still have to go to white people to get approval to to be a human being, basically. Mm. Well, yeah. I mean, we are all human, but when you your group doesn't have uh, political power, sometimes it's. Uh, 
you feel like your rights are being deprived. You don't have a voice. And that's a situation that makes a lot of people um, upset. You know, they feel left out and unable to fully participate in society. I agree, but but it's not just political power, it's financial power. Yeah, it's all power. So yeah. so we have we have um some neighborhoods where um businesses, you know, banks don't loan to residents in those areas. So right. they're economically dependent on outside groups to come in and provide service goods and services and uh -huh. um, in order to be able to buy those goods and services you have to transport out of the neighborhood to work a job to bring your money back into the neighborhood and then give it to somebody that's going to send it out of the neighborhood again anyway so it's not recycling in your neighborhood and, and right. being able to benefit the neighborhood and build your culture so you're still not a part of society because um Whatever you get, you have to get from someone else, and then they take it back from you uh, and take it away from you. So, so your impact, you know, when, when we talk about uh, the black dollar, how important the black dollar is, um, it's not helping the black community right. because it's not being spent and it's not being used in the black community in a way to, to include, to be, make the black community inclusive in the whole of society. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's sad that, uh, we have an economic, uh, model in the country that just really doesn't treat all citizens equally. You know, the poor are really at a disadvantage, uh, cause they don't have the funds and resources to buy the things they need. Uh, the banking system discriminates against them. You know, they get redlined as they call it when they try to get mortgages or, or open a business. It's very difficult. So, I, you know, we depend on the government to help in that situation, but the government's only going to do so much because the government is pretty much built on an, its own economic model and and we literally have what they call a trickle down system by the time the funds hit the the people at the bottom there are very few uh and far between it's like like this incidents we have in missouri now they're talking about the food stamp thing how missouri has literally cut the food stamps and people have to get online on the phone for four hours to try to get somebody to answer the phone and you tell me Missouri can't have hire enough people to answer the phone lines. What, where's the money going? Mm, okay. How do we fix that? Uh, okay. So I, I, so I think that you included a lot in that and I'm only going to take a part of it. Uh, mm. Some of it we can deal and deal with it another time. So I don't think that our system, um, is built poorly. I think it's executed poorly. And that's okay. a difference. All right. So the system was built on the concept of 
that white people were always going to be in power. Okay. So they didn't stop and think, you know, they, they didn't stop and think, oh, well, you know, we, we need to include other people in this system. And so we need to make sure that other people are, are participating in the system. So they uh -huh. built it thinking, you know, white people are always going to be elected to office and they're, they're always going to be in charge. But the system wasn't designed to tell people that white people can't share power. So how do I say it? I want to word this carefully because I don't want to um, give anybody the wrong idea. So they don't say only white people can be elected. Uh -huh. They just anticipated only white people were going to run for office and hold office. So the system can be adapted to, inc to be inclusive. Because there's no, there's no um, requirements that say you have to be white to participate. So no. black people can get elected. So uh, gay people can get elected. We've, we've seen that. That's, people can take part in the system. What happened, I think, happened was, is that so, so white people were in power and they saw everyone else's needs as a threat. That's why they created skate parks instead and, and not created music parks. Part of their culture is they don't do music in the way, the same way that we, that other cultures do music. Uh -huh. okay. So, so your music, like you said, your music bothers me. You playing your music loud bothers me. So I'll legislate against it. Um, my child likes to skate. So I'll make sure my child has a place to skate because I'm in power. We have the money, we have the resources to create that. And so we will do that, uh, because it's okay because we, we want our kids to learn and, and grow. But so the system, while it was designed, while it was designed by, by mostly whites, it can be adapted to be inclusive. The outcomes that we're having is because of people's tendency to misuse the system. Okay. To, to favor one over the other and not be inclusive. Well, yeah, I mean, that's right. I mean, that's human nature. People tend to look out for themselves and their own kind and people in power or to have the control are going to look after their own kind more so than people that are different from them. I, I don't, I don't know if I completely agree with that. I don't, I don't think. So the human nature is self-preservation, not necessarily, uh -huh. um, only looking out for themselves. And, and I think that there's a difference. So, okay. if, so if I'm, if I'm pushed to survive, 
then I will do what is necessary to survive. But if in my survival I realize I need to include other people, then I will include them because I know it's necessary for my survival. Right. Okay. And if you don't need them for your survival, what happens? And then, and then it, I think, then I think it comes down to your personality. I think it comes down to your, uh, your, your makeup as a human being. So like, I'm not a selfish, I don't think I'm a selfish person. Someone else may think I'm a selfish person, but I don't think so. I don't think I'm right. a selfish person. I think, you know, if, if I've got, if I've got a slice of bread and you're hungry, I'll give you a half of my, my slice of bread or, or some of it. Uh, there are people who um, may have two slices of bread and would never give away a corner. <laughs> and that's because it's them as a, you know, as an individual. Um, I think what we're encountering now with, you know, why we're having such a difficult time sharing power is that too many people see sharing power as um, a threat to their own existence. Mm -hmm. And their reaction is not to try to find a way to make it work, but to be defensive and avoid having to do it at all. Because it, it it takes a lot of selflessness to share power. Yeah, I agree. I agree. What would you say is the main factor driving that fear of sharing power or helping, you know, helping others? Mm. I don't know if I have a main. I think there are a couple of things that that jump out to me that um so so in the situation where there are so many marginalized groups in our society, how can you, how, how does it, um, you have to question if you, if you've tried to eliminate most groups and you've tried to keep most groups from sharing in all of the the good that's going on, what does that say about you? So, that's so selfish. That's 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 selfishness. Yeah. And so with that selfishness, if you're not willing to recognize that you're being selfish, uh, that continues to compound the problem. Mhm. Right? Um so someone tells you, you know, so, so I think self selfishness um, is an is an issue. I think uh, fear is an issue. I think anger is an issue. Um, and and I don't think one exceeds the other in um, in its influence of the current situation. I think each one has its has its place of influence and they're fighting for top three. 
Mm-hmm. And then, and then there's there's avarice. There's uh, there's you know, um, a belief that that I am the greatest, that mm. I'm smarter than everybody else, that what I think is right is right, mm-hmm. and that's not limited to one group. It's just, is it a group? Is it a dominant factor in the group? Do so you think was, this is a learned behavior or uh, something inside a person? Avarice. So, so. Pick that up from somebody that's else. A, that's a good question. I, I think. <laughs> Well, I, I think you can learn it, but I, I also think it can it can be a part of just who you are as an individual. Mm-hmm. So, so I think like you know, some people are just selfish in in themselves, but I think you can also learn selfishness. So, if you're in an environment where you constantly, constantly have to fight just to eat to survive, then you tend to probably will become selfish. And then some people don't have to fight to survive, but they become selfish anyway because they can. So how do you how do you know you know where some people it's it's um, some people it's innate and some people it's learned. Yeah, yeah, I have to agree with that. I have to agree with that. I've seen plenty of examples where they show babies and they'll have experiments to show how how free from uh prejudices or discrimination that their natural that their nature is but then as they get older things change they can learn to discriminate and to you know not like something and i think a lot of that's taught you know as they grow older or they either at they may experience things that teach them that, but it's, it's learned. Okay. Um, learned. Okay. I, 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 so, so getting into childhood behavior, that's probably another topic. Yeah. But I understand how that, information impacts the topic that we're having, you know, the topic that we're talking about. Um, so for me, you know, trying to get back to power partners, power partners, right? So, so we as a marginalized group, or we as a subgroup of a larger group have to be aware of what our role is in sharing power. Mm-hmm. So we have more than our share of rappers. We have more than our share of football players, entertainers. And, and I'm, I'm not saying that wanting to be an entertainer is a bad thing. It is a very good thing. Sure. But in order to share power, we need doctors, lawyers. We need um, truck drivers. We need 
uh, company owners. We need journalists. You know, we need to be able to, uh, we need to own platforms that uh, are similar to um, YouTube, that if, if YouTube, which is owned by uh, someone who, who is in the majority, decides uh-huh. that they want to um, usurp the Constitution and they want to cut people off who they don't like, you know, we still need a platform that allows free expression uh-huh. that does want to follow the Constitution, that does want to, you know, give people the opportunity to express themselves and to have control of their own destiny. Right, right. You're talking about ownership, then, when where you have the power to control certain things. Your self-control, yeah, right. Where you control, control your own destiny. Yeah. And right. at the same time, we're talking about partnerships. We need to partner with companies, organizations, and individuals that share our same values and, and ideas about helping one another and, and bringing about equality and justice, making things more unilaterally equal, although it'll never be 100%, but we need to kind of bridge the wealth gap. We need to bridge a lot of gaps in society between different groups. So that's where the partnerships come in. Well, so here's my concern with partnerships. Okay. If I'm partnering with you, that means I've got to go to you to get what I need. Sure. And the whole the whole thing about self actualization or self, um, you know, control is that I don't have to go to someone else to get the things that I need. Right. It, it is a part of my community. So if there are black business owners of major corporations in my neighborhood, then mm-hmm. I don't have to go very far. I don't have to go to someone else and convince them that, um, that they should support black businesses or they support black neighborhoods. I don't, I don't have to do that when you have black owners because they understand that experience. When you're not, when you're not of my community. So let's take a, someone that's, um, gay. Mm-hmm. If you're not gay, there are things about being gay you may not get. You may not understand. You may not connect with. Sure. So in order for me to feel comfortable or connected to my community, I have to go to a business owner and say, partner with me to tell people that it's okay to accept gays. Mm-hmm. That means I, I have to continue to go to someone else outside of my community to feel safe in my community. And that's not part, that's not sharing power. Sharing power is I don't have to give a damn what you think of gays. We still can exist because uh, someone who is in a position of power is gay. So they fully understand and they make sure that the gay, the perspective of someone that is gay is being included in conversations about how society is functions. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I understand that. But I, at the same time, I'm looking at partnerships as a tool or maybe even a stepping stone to where people who don't have power can align themselves with other, uh, connect with other organizations to help them level up where they're deficient, like economically, if they don't have the funds or access to certain um, grants or getting inside inside spaces where they normally wouldn't be able to to get into. Fair enough. I understand. I understand. Yeah. I, I just, I, so for me, I'm trying to, so that's, that's a, another aspect of, that's another tool that can be used, partnerships. Yeah. Um, but the tool that I'm looking at is achievement. Uh-huh. So we need to uh, find a way to have, you know, what we need more black doctors. We need more black business people. Yeah. And we can't look outside of, we, so, so in the entertainment industry, um, the, the, African-American community is well represented. Yes. So, you know, in the NFL, um, uh, majority of the players were African-American. But for the longest time, in the power positions, coaching, ownership, uh, you know, top office personnel, African Americans weren't, weren't recognized. They weren't. They weren't a part of that power structure. So they benefited. So when, whenever they wanted to make change to the system, they always had to go to someone else. So there was this big thing a while back with, um, when they increased the number of games per season, and the players are saying, "Hey, you know, we're putting our, more of our body at risk." Uh-huh for this, but they had to explain it to a group of people that aren't African-Americans. So they had to go to someone else mm-hmm. to, to have the discussion about, hey, you know, people who weren't playing the game were thinking of maximizing their profits at the expense of the people who were creating the profits. Yeah. So who did they have to go to? Well, they had to go to management. They had to go to uh, the league office and all those kinds of things because they didn't have, you know, people in those high places to be an advocate for them. Sharing power. And so so what I'm trying to, to, to make sure that we look at is that, that we're not, going into situations with our hands out, but going into the situation, being a full part, being at least uh, on the level of, you know, um, helping make those decisions. We we shouldn't have to go in, you know, saying we'd like this and we'd like that. It's no, this is how I think it should be. 
and we're not right. in those decision-making uh, places right now. Uh, we're gaining some, and, and I like the idea of the uh, black Supreme Court justice because I think she brings, she's going to bring something to um, what, you know, uh, the power structure and representation. Mm -hmm. So to the NFL situation, we agree that uh, lack of ownership and management level positions is a big problem. How do you see, see us addressing that? What, what are the best ways we can uh, deal with that? So, so if we part, and that's multi, multi-part. Okay. Okay. Um, you can't be a doctor if you're not prepared to be a doctor. You can't get up one day and decide I'm a doctor. Sure. You have to do the things that are necessary. Um, and there's more than one place to get the skills. Mm -hmm. um, while the NFL has, so uh, what's his name? Um, Ed McMahon. What, not Ed McMahon. Um, the, the guy that started the WWE. Oh. Uh, I think his name is McMahon. It's the last name. It is McMahon. I, yeah, and I can't really. Okay. I, you know, so he started the XFL. Okay. You remember that? Yeah. Okay. So the XFL folded. Um, and I don't know all of the reasons why. But at mm -hmm. least he tried. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought it was a good effort. I thought it was. I I liked watching the XFL. I liked watching the XFL. I was disappointed when it ended. Yeah. But that's what we need. We need that innovation. Yeah. We need to try. We need to, we need to stop seeing. Um, we need to stop seeing those companies that, that don't want us. Uh -huh. To try to get in there to change them. Exactly. I, I agree. So we're talking about more or less competing. So we're talking about creating our own power structure mm -hmm. so that we don't have to go to someone else. Now, I'm 100% on board with that. I agree. Now, and now then, I'm gonna, go ahead. At the same time, you've got all of these black players that are playing for the NFL. Uh, you think that would convince maybe some of them to not necessarily leave, but at least uh, in some way possibly support them once they're out. I'm, you know, they're just going to have saying. a hard time to do it I, while they're so, in. And so I, I'm not going to try to go down that far. <laughs> into that, uh, but I'll say this on that. Um, if someone wanted to start a league, uh -huh. it would be smart to use people that have had experience with that league uh -huh. to help them. Now, yeah. if you can get, you know, people making 50 million, $75 million to go, yeah, I'll take a chance on this 
so be it. Well, I don't know, but you, you yeah. got to at least try. Again, the idea is about the effort and not uh, necessarily the the um, what you can and can't do before you at least try. Yeah. So I, I think from a business point, it can be put together. It can we have the people that are capable of putting the competition together. I think it's going to come down ultimately to a matter of support. That's going to be a big, uh, big issue is, is getting the support they need to survive. Sure. And, and, I, and so you've used the term competition. Mm -hmm. So technically it would be con competition because it would be uh, competing for eyes. Yeah, I could use a better word. No, no, I, I think it's I think it's a fair word. It's a it's a fair description. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying. I see it as taking steps to be able to control our own destiny. Yeah, I'm still yeah. an American and I like football, but I'd like for um, some control over what football looks like in the country. And if mm -hmm. you don't have competition, then only one team gets, one person or one group gets to decide what football looks like. Exactly. So I'd like to see football look differently. I thought the XFL was awesome. They did things that eventually the NFL picked up. But the NFL used their um, power to, it seems, uh, their, you know, to crush the competition. Or maybe there were some other decisions that were made that was. So I've, I've read about why that uh, the XFL failed and, uh -huh. and competition was just one of them. And there were some other things. And so I don't want to make it seem as if there was a conspiracy to kill the XFL. I'm just saying the idea that the, that you'll step out, be competitive, offer options and alternatives. And, um, and, and if, and, and like anything else, you have to sell it to people. Right. 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 And if you don't sell it the right way, then you're going to get crushed because the, the NFL is established and people are, you know, they're they're all they're excited about going to um, um, NFL Super Bowl parties and tailgate parties. You know, uh -huh. you have to be able to come up with some good ideas to challenge those ideas. Because the the end goal is um, is to be a part of the power structure, and this is the one thing that I was I've been trying to get at. I don't I don't think being completely not dependent on someone else for your um, inclusion is a good thing. I think we, we need each other. And so there has to be some dependence on one another because if we don't, then we will become separate but equal. And the whole mm -hmm. idea is to not become separate but equal. It is to understand that uh, that I'd like some control over my own destiny, 
but I don't need absolute control over my own destiny. That I do, that, that you depend on me and I depend on you. And by doing that, then we build a partnership and, and, and it's not built on whether I like you or not. Because we know I can wake up on Wednesday and like you and then Thursday I don't like you and things change. But if we need each other, it doesn't matter whether I like you or not. Need then precipitates that we work together to achieve okay. something. So what happens when one group decides, well, I don't need them anymore. And, you know, again, that's <laughs> so. So that could always be the case. Mm -hmm. Somebody's going to wake up and think. Somebody's someone's always going to wake up and challenge the idea. It's okay to, to want to challenge the idea. It is as long as we understand why that idea is in place and why we shouldn't get rid of it. The idea is, is that we build a system that where we do need each other and that we never forget that. Because as long as we understand that we do need each other, then the system will survive. It's when we challenge that idea that the system will break down. Yeah, I mean, if one side all of a sudden feels like, well, I don't need this anymore. I don't, I no longer need this other group. Mm -hmm. Then that, that then need is going. Things then breaks down. Right. What, what, yeah. What reason do they have to stay? And then the idea is, is that we, is that the first time someone says, well, we don't need that other group. That person is removed. That person is no longer listened to because okay. they are, they are at that point are breaking down the system. Because they are, they are, they are willing to eliminate um, someone's petition and uh, participation, and they're challenging and, and uh, uh, breaking down the system that helps us all to grow. We do need each other. It don't always look like we do, but we do. Okay. Well, I was speaking in terms more in terms of an organizational decision, not just That's an exactly individual. what I was talking about. Organizational. Okay. I wasn't talking about just individual individually. I, I may not need somebody in Texas, mm -hmm. but organizationally as a Texas is a part of the United States. And in order for the United States to remain in the United States, Texas has to remain part of the United States. Okay. That's organizationally. Well, you are aware that there are uh, organizations built, put together to. Um, they built on the premise. They built on the premise of individuality and and um, uh, separatism. I understand. Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. I don't know. You tell me how how would you describe this? Uh, I found this. Um, I was doing a search. And I found this organization called Power Shift Network. It's uh, about people coming together, but it's mainly focusing on what they call white allies. Have you heard of that term? I have not. You never heard the term white allies? Not, not in the sense of any organization, no. Oh, okay. Well, there is an organization that focuses on that. Matter of fact, 
I've got the website here. If, uh, if well, you like, we're, I, we're at the end uh, of today, actually. Okay. Oh yeah. We actually went over. Okay. So, yeah. uh, I, I didn't realize we were this far ahead. <laughs> well, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. I just, I just, uh, I wanted to, to get that last little bit. I mean, it's, it's, so the discussion is not any discussion that we have doesn't usually have hard, fast boundaries. There are those gray areas for every discussion and every discussion borders on some other discussion. Mm -hmm. So, so that's understandable. And that, and that makes having the conversations uh, more challenging is defining the boundaries of the conversation and then trying to come up with some solutions or, or ideas out of that that are going to be helpful to move us forward. So I, I get all of that. Mm-hmm. All righty. So we are, I, I do, I, again, I apologize um, that we were not able to include any comments for today. Um, and, but tomorrow we will be, we should be fine. Um, keep your fingers crossed. <laughs> all righty, uh, Mr. Warren. All righty. Uh, take us out. All right. Nice show. And uh, hopefully does, I guess they couldn't store chat anyway at all. So we won't have any comments available. Huh? We may, they may be out there. We okay. Can, we, I'll look and see if we find any. And then tomorrow we'll, we'll make that the first, first five or 10 minutes of the show about those comments that we find. Yeah. Cause you know, our friend Fred always chimes oh, in. And always got good. something to say, isn't he? He yeah, always has something to say. And that's a good <laughs> right. thing. We're not complaining. <laughs> All right. See you tomorrow, everybody. Till tomorrow. That concludes this episode of Altitude Adjustment. And thank you for listening. This podcast is streamed live on YouTube and Twitch.tv and is designed for listener interaction. Visit the website, thelionsdenstl.wixsite.com forward slash home to join the discussion. The audio version of Altitude Adjustment is available where you get your podcasts, including Stitcher.com, the iTunes Store, and the Google Play Music Store, to name a few. Remember that the internet is powered by your likes, shares, and comments. So please, like, share, and comment on this and other episodes of Altitude Adjustment, because it matters. And as always, look out for the other guy, because they may not be looking out for you.